Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, um, which is an incredible company, and there's incredible deals, which I'll tell you more about later. And I do kind of miss talking about drift car sharing and how I never had my car clean enough to go to the airport. Not going to lie, this sponsor might fit me a little bit better because I can actually use it because I am, you know, who I am. Um... A lot of cool things happening in my personal life, um, which I'm going to tell you guys about later on. Um, not as in today, but when, when all this is like finalized, um, that makes it sound really big. The word finalized makes it sound big. Mostly, it's, it's, it's not Tinder related, but it's similar to that, and we're going to be digging in here pretty quick. But again, like I said, this actually like... A, and sometime in the next month or so, we're going to have so much fun talking about this. Um, oh, and I'm so excited. I can't, I feel bad for teasing you guys, but I'm just too excited to keep inside. Uh, so many things to talk about. The uh, now ranked number 23 buffs. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That scared me for a second. I spent so long writing about it that I lost confidence in the number because I hadn't actually looked at it in a while. And I had like a little flashback to like, did I post that story? with the wrong number but uh number 23 buffs not all that bad considering they lost a game uh we're going to talk about the rankings we're going to talk about the pack 12 and of course we're going to talk about that game against arizona um honestly not excited to do that uh if you guys are gonna tough it out hear my thoughts hopefully share some of your own i haven't checked if we have any comments um Good on you, but if if you don't want to relive that, then I really can't blame you for that either. Uh, so that's kind of the plan for today, um, and then I'm going to run off to see the Avs take on the Red Wings. My first ever time getting to curse out the Red Wings in person. It's like been a dream of mine. Uh, I was like born right at the beginning of that, so it's kind of like in my blood. Like my family was angry about the Red Wings, like as I was being born, and it's a big part of who I am. Ah, I'm going to wear my Forsberg jersey. It's like uh, one of the best one ever. It's, it's like the burgundy with the Colorado diagonal across the front, um, and that has like the sweater strings, which I'm a fan of. Also, a fight strap, which will be important if there are any Red Wings fans anywhere near me. I'm actually going with the DU Law School, um, but let's not get into that. Let's talk a little bit more about Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Um, like I said, this podcast is presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. 
Davidson's is locally owned and operated. There are over 1,000 varieties of beer, wines from around the world, fine single malts, and rare whiskeys. I actually don't know what a single malt is. You know, like I hear that phrase, like malts and malt liquor. No idea. No idea. Um, I'm going to learn. Maybe I should go out to Davidson's and try some. I think that's going to have to be the plan. I'm going down there to get my hair cut tomorrow. I'll swing by uh, Davidson's as well. Um, wow, you guys have been hearing a lot about my life. Um, download their app today, and you can use the promo code FIRST10, F-I-R-S-T, one zero, to receive 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. The offer ends January 31st, so get in there soon. They have two convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, or you can get your purchase conveniently delivered to your door. Remember, that's code FIRST10 to receive 10% off your first order of $25 or more. Now, let's talk about Arizona. Um, that was a letdown. That was a letdown. Uh, it, it's not a surprise that Arizona won. Colorado you guys all know probably has struggled in that building hasn't won since they joined the Pac-12 that's a tough place to play that's a very good basketball team a very talented basketball team well coached um they do a lot of things well still though disappointing disappointing for sure um with how the Buffs have been playing, with the road win, uh, the win over Oregon, there's there there was a lot of reason to think that maybe they could go in there and change the narrative and finally get that win. It didn't happen, and I know for me personally, I I probably was a little bit too bought in on uh, Colorado's chances there. Uh, I really did think that they were going to beat that Arizona team. Didn't happen. Um, always a letdown. I went to the zoo Saturday morning, um, which was kind of fun. It was pretty cold. It was also free day, so being a member didn't help, and it was packed, but it meant that I could go with more people than just the plus one I get. Um, and I was like looking for a wild cat while I was in there, so I could. I had the stupid clever tweet. It's more stupid than clever. All lined up that I was gonna push out about wild cats, but they didn't have any like. American wildcats. All the wildcats are like tigers and lions and like leopards and uh, just like these little African cats. I don't know what they were called, but you know, they were just those. And they, none of them were really like the kind of wildcat that you would see in Arizona. Like there weren't even like a, a cougar, which is a wildcat. It isn't like the one that looks like their weird mascot, but. I don't know. So so I was like feeling pretty good. Go straight from the zoo to Blake Street Tavern, like my two favorite places on earth. And uh, then then things just got ugly. You know, Colorado looked good to start. They, they just played good, clean basketball. Um, I mean, it, it, it wasn't perfect by any means, but they were competitive and... They were right in that game. You know, they did jump out to a little bit of a lead. They, they, it's one of those games where, like, Colorado scored, and they scored again, and then Arizona cut the gap, and then Colorado scored. And, and so, like, it was back and forth, but Colorado kind of led that back and forth, at least for the first five, ten minutes, probably. And then, you know, they went from being up 10-5 to being down let's say 24 13 
there were there were a bunch of runs in there. That's the one that just killed them. They couldn't come back from it on the road. Uh, let's dig into some details here. Um, the one thing that I saw that I really didn't like is uh, the the matchups in the paint and how everything that happened in the post played out. You know, the, the, every team has problems. When, when Colorado has lost games, we've said, oh, wow, look, this didn't go right. Or they just aren't clicking. Or, you know, th- that type of thing where we know that it's not working the way it's supposed to be working, but there's still reason to believe that it's going to get better and there's hope for improvement. And, and you know, when the offense was turning the ball over and when shots weren't falling and it just was not running the way it was supposed to, we all said, yeah, this is frustrating, but you can get past it and you can flip this narrative so quickly. Um, when you turn it around, whether that's a week from now or two months from now, but it's going to come together. This weekend showed a flaw that I don't necessarily think is going to be fixed. Um, Some of these big athletic big men just eat up Colorado. Uh, We saw it against Arizona State. It didn't kill the buffs, obviously. Colorado came out and won that game. But it did against Arizona. Uh, They just did not have an answer. Um, there aren't a lot of teams with this type of big guy that's just long and athletic and moves and offensive rebounds and just can take over the post. Um, we kind of saw a little bit of it at Kansas as well, but, but Colorado doesn't have an answer. I, I don't like Evan Batty didn't have his best weekend. I don't think Tyler Bay had his best weekend. Um, Lucas knocked down a bunch of shots could definitely play better. I don't think any of them are going to get to the point where they go toe-to-toe with a seven-footer who is athletic, is skilled, has all these things, and can just shut them down. Um, and I think that's what we really saw. There were there were problems, uh, particularly the offensive rebounding. Gave up 17 offensive rebounds to uh, Arizona State. And then came out and gave up, oh, I'm, I was like, seven? No, that's Colorado's. Uh, then they gave up 13 to Arizona. 30 offensive rebounds allowed in one weekend. Just can't happen. Uh, you know, second chance points, Arizona had 13. I'm not sure what it was with Arizona State. Don't have it pulled up, but I guess it's a lot. Uh, you take those 13 points away, then all of a sudden this game is 72 or, or 62-54. It's an eight-point game. Um, the fast break points, 18 fast break points. You just can't allow that to happen. But when you're turning the ball over against a good team with a good point guard, you know, it's kind of what happens. Nico Mannion can lead a fast break. He didn't play perfectly. He didn't make any of his threes. He was 4 of 11 from the field. But, you know, he, he did still have his five assists and seven rebounds and 12 points. And he only turned the ball over once. You know, it's still a pretty good game for a point guard. He was just moving the ball around. And and you can't allow fast break points when you're a defensive team because those are just freebies. 
your your whole scheme is set up so that you can shut down you know boa constrictor style just like suck all the life out of a team for 30 seconds make them chuck up a bad shot that's what colorado wants to do but when you're giving them not even just like the two-on-one fast breaks but like a two-on-two like move it quickly see if somebody can get to the rim it just ruins it just ruins everything you're trying to do this fast break points the 16 points off of turnovers 26 points in the paint struggles lots of struggles here um it just wasn't good uh and i do think that you know for the for the first time in a while I, I can I can see a ceiling on this team, on this Colorado team. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily saying like they're gonna go win the national title this year, but now we see the the flaw that could be their downfall. And sure, like there are any of these little things that could flare up. You know, they they could struggle to shoot threes in the first round of the tournament, and that could be it. That's totally on the table. Uh, they could have one of the big turnover games. Maybe the offense just isn't right. Like, all those little things could happen. But I don't see a scenario where Colorado can just go toe-to-toe with an elite athletic big man and come out on top. They're going to lose that matchup by quite a bit, and they'd need to p- play nearly perfect basketball outside of that to overcome it. Good news is, I mean... Again, I'm, I'm, I don't put money on Colorado winning a national title would be my advice. But you could go the five, six, whatever games all the way through that tournament without seeing a team that has one of those guys. It's unlikely for sure, especially as you get later on into the tournament. But that's that's just a big weakness that Colorado can't handle. Honestly... Honestly, the only way I see them fixing it is if Dallas Walton steps up, which isn't something that I expected to be saying because I I do feel really good about this front court rotation, but there is a little bit of a lack of length there. And, you know, we've seen them get beat on the boards a couple of times now. Um, Happened against Northern Iowa as well. And it's a problem. Dallas Walton is just a seven footer. He's <laughs> that right there makes him extremely valuable in these situations. That right there, like if he just tries to box out, he's going to be able to cut those rebounds down. The problem is he just doesn't quite have his game developed to the point where you can put him out on the floor. He was one for one though. He did make his only little layup, and and you saw how easy that was for him when he got the ball down on the post. He's so big, just bounced it off the backboard, put it in. That's something he can do because he's that big. And that's something that those big guys on the other teams, particularly uh, Arizona with uh, that Zeke Najee kid or like Romello White from Arizona State, like those aren't even, I don't know. Romello isn't like the longest, biggest, you know, it's, it's, he's not 6'11", but he is a big guy. He can be bowling on the boards. We saw how things could be easy for them at points. Um some of the bench guys too. But but the big thing is Evan Batty will never have those easy looks. 
Uh, okay, not never, not never. There will be times when you get a switch and there's a little guy on him. There will be a couple teams you play, um, maybe like even a first-round tournament team where whoever they have matched up on him is a little bit undersized. But he's never going to have that Dallas Walton type of length where you expect in half the games to be able to shoot over guys. Thing is, Dallas Walton doesn't shoot over smaller players as well as Evan Batty shoots over bigger players. You know, Evan doesn't like let that stop him. He's still incredibly effective, but there are weaknesses and he's never just going to be one of those guys who can go straight at the Joel Embiid type and expect to win that matchup more times than not. Dallas Walton has a long ways to go before he can even think of doing that, but he it is possible. It kind of it kind of reminds me of like what Mel Tucker says about recruiting where essentially the theory is this. There are teams that you play where if you just recruit the best players that you can get if you're at a school like Colorado or Colorado State, they're just going to beat you. You can't line up with your whatever, six foot, 250 pound left tackle and ever stop the Alabama defensive front, whoever you're lined up against. Um, same thing at all the different positions. You, you can you just get pushed around. You just are not big enough. You need to have some size. And that's something that Mel has said is influencing his recruiting decisions, where he never wants to be in a situation where his team is just too small to compete. Like they just do not have that ceiling. They can never get up to that level. Um, because they aren't quite big enough. And sure, like maybe they hit a growth spurt in college or something, but for as much as we hear like the Aaron Rodgers grows three inches his freshman year of college, like like those stories are out there, but they're rare. Mel doesn't want to be in a situation where he just doesn't have guys who are physically capable of lining up and beating the team in front of them. Now, you're still getting the same caliber of prospects. You aren't all of a sudden just getting all the same skills and tools and IQ and all that kind of stuff and moving all of that into a body that is now six foot seven. You have to make sacrifices because a lot of teams want those bigger bodies. And Mel's theory is we can coach those guys up. And if we can't coach them up, then we'll lose. But we would have lost anyway with these guys who, even if we pulled them to their full potential, they just would not be able to get it done. And I like that. Uh, it puts the challenge on the coaches. It, it gives you a chance to build a contender. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing inside at points is that there just aren't enough big guys to compete with the other team's big guys. Um, it's a mismatch. Uh, and, and, and again, I don't. this isn't every game. This has been the case in the losses, though. You look back at Oregon State... They have Kyler Kelly at seven feet tall, going six of ten, getting looks inside and making it pretty tough for the Buffs big men. Evan Batty only gets four shots up. There's some foul trouble, some of it pretty iffy. Makes two of them. Tyler Bay actually was eight of twelve. He had a pretty good night, but there just aren't as many post opportunities because Colorado doesn't have a seven footer who can match up with that. They have 
six foot nine, six foot eight type players who can almost match up and can limit the impact and play well, but just not quite match it. Like you're still just going to be in situations sometimes where you, that isn't enough and it makes it tough to overcome. You need a Dallas Walton type to step up and be that guy. I don't know. Uh, those are my thoughts right now. To be honest, I'm, I might say this is a bit of an overreaction after we see a few more weeks of basketball. But as of right now, I think that that's probably the issue that that it puts the ceiling on this team more than anything else is can you can you compete with long athletic big men um you know what let's let's move along real quickly uh then we'll come back and just go through the numbers a little bit more i've spent a lot of time on one topic um we'll sum up some other things really quickly and then talk about these Pac-12 rankings which are good and i i i don't i'm not down on this basketball team by any means now want to clarify that i still think like Pac-12 title regular season tournament still totally totally right there especially the way the season is shaping up um this team isn't flawless though it definitely isn't and i think we found one flaw that really is permanent and not just a thing where oh it was an off night and so they struggled it's it's something that they have to continuously think about just can't be giving up offensive rebounds it's tough when you can't score in the post and you just have to keep throwing up threes We'll talk about the threes in a second, but before we do that, I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, and I can tell you right now that I am really excited to get down to Pepsi Center, get myself a big old avalanche, and uh, sip on that for a few hours while we watch Colorado just dismantle the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, I hate them. Um, Yeah, maybe shotgun it. I don't know. It's an afternoon. I, I can move slowly. Um... Breckenridge is incredible. The Avalanche is incredible. It's a staple of my daily life. You know, we always keep a bunch. I, what do we have now? I think we have some Avalanche, of course, uh, some Vanilla Porter Jr., uh, some Holidale, and some Christmas Ale. Um, I stocked up on those because they're they're probably gone now. I haven't seen them out for a while. But um, it's incredible stuff. They're an incredible company. Uh, if you're looking for things to do, uh, go to the Breckenridge event calendar at thednvr.com and it'll show you all of the events that we have coming up. For example, tomorrow at like 1, I want to say, everybody is going to Blake Street Tavern, our Rockies guys, some of the other Rockies guys um, from the other media outlets uh, are going to Blake Street Tavern, like I said, to watch the announcement of who is going to the Hall of Fame for Major League Baseball this year. And Larry Walker is going to be within like 10 votes one way or the other of getting in in his final year of eligibility. So it's a pretty big thing. That's one of the things that is on that event calendar. Um, Not sure if I'm going to make it to that, but it's cool. And you should definitely stay tuned to all of the uh, cool things that we do for you. Um, Before we move on, I'm going to let RK tell you a little bit more about the Blake Street Tavern. 
What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Okay, uh, back in now to talk just a tiny bit more about that Arizona State or Arizona loss. Did not lose to Arizona State. Um, so let's just run through the numbers real quick. Um, if there's anything else we're talking about, we'll talk about it. Uh, again, Arizona won 75 54, 20 point or 21 point loss for Colorado. Evan Batty was 0 for 2 from the field, zero points. Uh, in 22 minutes, McKinley Wright the fourth played 36 minutes. I thought played pretty well considering how the team fared. Um, five of 11 from the field, three of six from three. Boy, has he been heating up! He can knock down some shots, and this is uh, him knocking down shots in a way that we aren't necessarily accustomed to. Um, there's going to be a counter to this in a second, but uh, if you look through his most recent games. There are still some ups and downs, but we're seeing more ups than we did early in the season. Um, we're, we're seeing him take a bunch of threes and knock some down. It isn't all just desperation, throw one up. And so I do think that that's an important development. And to see if he keeps building on top of it. Because if he is like this... if he, Going forward, he's good game, bad game, good game, bad game, just alternating back and forth in terms of his three-point shooting. That's pretty good. But if he can make it good game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game, like get it up above 50%, that would be great. Um, worth monitoring there. He did have the five turnovers. That's too many. Uh, Shane Gatling struggled. Really struggled. Um, missed all four of his three-point attempts. Missed his only two-point attempt. Uh, just a tough night. Deshaun Schwartz. And, and the thing about Shane is... He he is he's good at uh, some different things. He isn't one dimensional. You know, he can get hot from three. He can knock down threes, but he also can get to the rim. And he has some bounce, and he can dribble the ball. He has a nice handle, like all this different stuff. But when he can't get to the rim, it kind of closes down what else he can do. Um, means that he's not getting as many open looks at three. They're more contested. Um, and he had a tough night, but also just not a good matchup when you have somebody in the paint protecting the rim. Um, Deshaun Schwartz made his first three in, I think he'd gone three games without making one. So that was pretty big. He ended up two of five from three. Seems like he's back on track. Four of eight overall. Um, that's kind of what you expect from him. Um, maybe a couple more rebounds would have been nice, but that could be said about pretty much anybody on this roster. Uh, who else do we need to key in on here? Dallas Walton, one of two in six minutes. Honestly, didn't look great. 
Um, oh, I didn't realize he took a second shot. I must have missed that. Um, Eli Parquet was two of two. There, there wasn't much going on on the bench. Uh, okay. <sighs> Let's end with this. It was a bad loss. Um, losing by over 20 points is always a bad loss. There are ways to justify it. There are also problems that we can see, I think, that are going to be ongoing. I think there are flaws with this team. Um, Also, Arizona played very good basketball, and that should not be lost. And for a team like Arizona, who has a couple good wins and some bad losses... That's kind of what you expect. And it makes sense that they're young. It makes sense that you would start to see them pick it up now. They might become more consistent as these young players grow. What Do they start four freshmen? I think they started four freshmen. They're going to be a lot better in March than they are in November. That's just the way it works. Right now we're in January, which is like halfway between the two. So we should be seeing them become more consistent. We should see them playing better basketball now than we did before. And you can't forget that when Arizona's at its best, they look like a top 10 program. The same way that when Colorado's at its best, Colorado looks like a top 10 program. If it weren't for some of the losses, if, I mean, if they had played their best in every game, maybe they lose this one. Um, but they're probably undefeated outside of this one. Uh, and even this one, they might have been able to pull out. All of a sudden, they're right up there with anybody else. Um, Arizona's streaky. They were on on uh saturday when this game was that was two days ago that's a while um the three-point shooting was on point um they only shot 41 percent from three but it felt like they made 60 percent like it didn't feel like they were ever missing whenever colorado make a run there's boom right back arizona ends it right there uh that was a really good game and they knocked down the shots they needed to knock down to keep colorado out of it they offensive rebounded it's it was a good effort, and their young players played well. So don't think of this as a loss to an outside of the top 25 team. Think of this as a loss to a good basketball team that's only going to keep getting better, is only going to keep moving up in whatever ranking, the AP rankings, the net rankings, the Ken Palm, all that kind of stuff. This is probably your best loss of the season, right? Yeah, it's, this is definitely your best loss of the season. Still a loss, but again, they fell three spots in the rankings, which I think is probably about fair. Um, let's just jump straight into that now. So, in the Pac-12, here's what happened. Again, the rankings come out at noon Eastern time. Today they were like 25 minutes late, and I killed my phone battery just refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. But... uh here is what happened with the Pac-12. So, Oregon. Wait a minute. This is wrong. Whoa. This one is from last week. Okay. I don't know why I just clicked on it. It took me last week's. Okay. Uh, here we go. This week's rankings. Oregon falls from 8 to 12. Um, next Pac-12 team is Arizona, who jumps back into the rankings and sits at 22. And then there's Colorado at 23. Uh, it's tough you don't play Arizona again. Uh, that's a team that, you know, I don't know. 
If you if you were to pick which teams you don't want to have to play twice in terms of winning basketball games, Arizona's pretty high up on that list. But in terms of national recognition, being able to play Arizona in your gym and get a chance to neutralize that loss, that's big. It's also a lot less likely. I mean, if if your options are to play UCLA twice or play Arizona twice, nationally it's better to play Arizona. To win the Pac-12, it's better to play UCLA. So look at that how you want to look at it. Um, So those are the only three teams from the Pac-12 in the top 25. 12 Oregon, 22 Arizona, 23 Colorado. Outside of the Pac-12, there are um, a couple more teams. Stanford is tied for 31st. USC is 43rd, um, if you extend the rankings. Um, And then teams Colorado has played. You start with uh, what is turning into an even better win, and I expect this to just kind of keep improving. Dayton moved up from 13 to 7. I think Dayton, you know, they, they did have a scare uh, against, who were they playing? St. Louis? It was a good game, and Obi Toppin was like fouled out in overtime, all that kind of stuff, but Dayton pulled it out. I do, I, they have a path to beating every team left on their schedule and they could keep climbing as these top 10 teams keep losing. Um, that win is getting better and better. Uh, so there's Dayton at number seven, uh, another Colorado opponent. The next one up is, um, Northern Iowa, which is the fourth team out of the rankings. So 29th again, that's not a bad loss. And I think I, I, we said that at the time, that the Northern Iowa is an underrated basketball team because they play in the Missouri Valley Conference. And now when they're finally getting to play their Missouri Valley Conference games, they aren't going to be losing all that much, uh, which means that they're going to be climbing up the rankings. It's, I don't know, any home loss. I don't know if you can call it a good loss, but this one's getting better. Um, and that's it. Uh, it, which is kind of surprising, especially when we looked through this schedule before the season, and it was really challenging. They played a lot of really good basketball teams, but a few of them have been kind of disappointing, and I, I would have expected to see at least one or two more up in these rankings. So that is where we stand nationally on all of this stuff. Uh, time now to dig into the Pac-12 and what's happening around the league uh, let's call it let's call it a good week for Colorado in the Pac-12. Um, Stanford loses to did they lose to USC? I think they lost to USC. Yeah, they lost to USC in overtime. Uh, that means there are no more undefeated teams. That means Colorado's only one game back instead of two games back. It also means that USC is tied for first at four and one in front of Oregon at four and two and Colorado at three and two, uh, Arizona also at three and two, which, uh, you know, I wasn't worried about Stanford going through the season, holding on to that number one spot. I don't think USC will either, but they're better than Stanford. Um, even if they only won by four in overtime, I think that game was at Stanford though, right? No, it was at USC. It took that. Okay. So there you go. Uh, like I said, Oregon coming in third at four and two. Then Colorado and Arizona at three and two. Washington State three and three. UCLA ASU at two and three. Washington two and four. Cal two and three. Oregon State two and four. Utah one and four. Okay, so those are the standings. Um, 
here is what actually happened to make all of this happen. So, yesterday, UCLA beats Cal. Not all that interesting. Uh, Saturday, of course, Arizona beats Colorado. Oregon takes Washington down, but it goes to overtime. This was a killer. This was a killer because, you know, Oregon, Oregon's definitely a better basketball team than Washington. I, I do think that Washington is, they, they've lost more games than they probably should. They're going to be a tough out in the tournament, but they aren't really in position to get one of those top spots to, to be the regular season champion. There's still a ways to go and things can change, but Washington bringing down Oregon, giving Oregon a two loss weekend would have been massive. Even the one loss is a pretty good result for Colorado in terms of how Oregon is faring. But that would have taken a lot of pressure off if Washington would... um, Imagine the world where Washington wins that and Colorado also wins. All of a sudden, Oregon's at 3-3 and and Colorado's at 4-1. and I mean, you don't... You could lose to Oregon and still have a... I don't know. There's... There's a long ways to go. That was really exciting for a while, but then uh, Oregon pulled it out, and they probably deserve to. They are the better team. Washington State beats Oregon State. Again, Oregon State, not the best team in the Pac-12 by any means, but this was an undefeated weekend for Washington State, worth taking note of, um, especially because we're about to see them this uh, this weekend. Uh, they play Thursday at 8 in Boulder against Colorado. Uh, and, you know, their their one loss is to Stanford uh, in Pac-12 play. Oh, I guess USC in the opener. Um, I'm not bought in on Washington State at all. But they've won a few games. They're in a decent spot in the standings. And you never know. Um, also, USC beats Stanford. I mentioned that in overtime. Arizona State handles Utah. About what we expect. Um, Thursday's games, uh, Colorado beats Arizona State, of course, Arizona beats Utah, of course, that was the Washington State over Oregon game, which we talked about, USC brings down Cal, no surprise, Washington beats Oregon State, a lot of stuff by the book, if you're Colorado, you want to see more upsets, you, you want to see good teams losing, because those are who you're competing for, or competing with, you aren't really competing with these UCLA, Washington State, Definitely Utah types. We'll talk more about the uh, games in the Pac-12 that are coming up this week. And as we go through the season, we'll we'll start to pay more and more attention to what's going around, like scoreboard watch, because we'll know what the scenarios look like and who's competing for what and where everybody stands. Right now, some of it's still kind of open-ended. But um, I do want to say that Thursday night on ESPNU, 9 o'clock, USC plays Oregon at Oregon. Um... That should be a fun game. It should be a fun game for sure. Uh, Oregon has really struggled on the road this year. They haven't struggled nearly as much at home. Oregon's still probably a massive favorite in that game. But it's going to be pretty telling, and we'll probably dig in later on this week. Uh, Before I see if we have any questions, boy, do I hope we do. Um, Otherwise, I'll come up with something else to talk. Oh, I have an idea to talk. Um, Before that, though, I want to tell you about bojo's pizza guess what there's only one place you can get a true colorado mountain pie it's your favorite locally owned legendary 
unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. And guess what? They're giving the DNVR family a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. That's right. The only place you can find a true Colorado mountain mouth-watering pie is Bojo's, and they're hooking you up with a free honey cheese bread. The Colorado mountain, po- ooh, Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family. A huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore. Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, the Breck Bruce, and your favorite sports team playing in the background. Bojo's has a private party room for all your get-togethers, including birthday parties and large business events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations, along with gluten-free and plant-based options. So head to the nearest location, grab an entree, and you can get your free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR. Check out their site today at bojos.com. That's B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com. And tell them who sent you. Before we get out of here... um, I do want to tell you about something that I think is really cool. Um, Let's see. So this was probably two weeks ago, but Katie Nixon, Buffs receiver, bought, or not bought, adopted a puppy, uh, which, which I think is super cool. The dog's name is Smoke, and it has its own Instagram account, and you can find that on Instagram, by searching Lil Smoke Tex or L I L S M O K E T X. Great follow. Great follow. Also shows you like what it's like to be around Katie and Visca and Chris Miller and that whole crew all the time. Also only 52 followers. Um Ooh, I will flex on the fact that Lil Smoke followed me back. Also, uh Visca got himself a new puppy too adopted you gotta be really careful with these words but his is named icy so you have icy and little smoke um icy spelled uh, or, or the the handle is i-c-e-y-d-a-f-l-y-e-s-t icy the flyest beautiful dog uh silver lab with like blue eyes just adorable um definitely follow these dogs um i don't know maybe i'm weird but i really like all the dog pictures (laughs) um so there's that i think that was the biggest thing i wanted to talk about i don't think there's much else before i actually get out of here we should probably talk a little bit about this women's basketball team what happened to them this weekend and uh then i'll see you tomorrow i guess So, uh, the women only had the one game this week. It was Utah week uh, at home, and Colorado lost 84-69. It was a pretty tough game. Uh, Colorado was with them early, even leading them in the third quarter, but then things just went off the rails. The the Utes were hitting every shot they took. Uh, They actually, oh my, I hadn't checked this number. They actually shot 70% from three. They were 16 of 23 pretty crazy and when a team shoots like that there just isn't much you could do uh, looking through four of five four of six two of two six of eight from three uh that's just not something that you 
can beat. The Buffs are going to be on the road this week, uh, taking on number six Stanford Friday night at eight, and then uh, Cal, a team they could beat, a team that they probably need to beat at this point um, at one o'clock on Sunday. Um, tough matchup. Stanford, the second rated team, second ranked team in the Pac-12. They're at six. Oregon's at four. Oh, the Pac-12 is just so, so good. Four Oregon, six Stanford, seven Oregon State, 10 UCLA, 16 Arizona State, 18 Arizona, um, six teams in the top 25. Makes it really tough for Colorado, but you know what? Watching uh, Stanford on Friday is going to be a lot of fun. They have that, what's her name? Uh, Fran... Franny, oh, I'll remember. We'll we'll talk again about this. But uh, she's she's the one. She wears the glasses. She like dunks. She's from uh, Littleton, maybe. Uh, so it'll be fun to see her play. Oh, I guess I could probably just click on this and be have it pulled up right here. Ah, uh, Fran Belibi uh, went to Regis, so I was kind of off. Also, she was the nineteenth best player in her class. Um. She's still a freshman. I'm not sure if she's really getting much run. Oh, yeah. She's getting a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fun to see her play. Definitely fun to see her play. And um, we'll talk about that more later on this week. Again, if you guys have anything you want to say, any questions, any of your thoughts, um, you want to just tell me I'm wrong, leave it in the comment section on the post for this show at thednvr.com. And we will break those down tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Um, and that'll be fun. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway.
revival. Get them thugs, get them bugs, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla, get them bugs with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla, get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.